0: Hey, Radiate! Welcome to our online experience today. We are so, so glad that you are with us this, uh, this Sunday. It's going to be an amazing, amazing day. God's already set the bar, set the atmosphere, set the environment for some amazing things to take place in all of our lives right here at our Radiate Church Digital Experiences, Man, I'm so glad that you're with us. Um, we, over the past couple of weeks, have actually released a new experience. Some of you are watching it at that new experience. It's at 5 p.m. every Sunday. So now we're doing 9.30, 11, and 5 p.m. We're really excited to launch this experience as we uh, work hard to reach more people and make a difference in people's lives, and that's the key. I want to tell you again, thank you so much for how you share the videos, how you like And engage in the conversations, uh, how you worship at home and really set an environment. I want you to know something. I know we're not meeting uh, corporately physically, but we're meeting corporately online, but doing those kind of things makes a massive, massive difference. We're reaching people online, numbers online that we have prayed for, and we're excited that when the day comes that we open our doors back and we start meeting again physically, that we're still going to be reaching hundreds and hundreds of people. We've seen lives change, next steps taken, so many amazing things have taken place since we've done this. I know it's been a difficult time, but I just want to tell you as a part of the church, as the pastor of the church, you guys are doing an amazing job, and I love seeing what God's doing. And in people's lives, so thank you for all of that. So last week we ended our "Lies We've Been Told" series. What a series, man! As we really dug into the depth into the heart of some of the misconceptions that we may have, or may may know others that have about God. And and if you missed any of that series, I really encourage you really encourage you to go back and watch that on our website. Um, it, it it really was informative. It was great. In fact, I was talking with somebody just last week uh, that was going through some things in their life, and I suggested one of those sermons for them to go back and watch because it really hit a question they were asking. And so I encourage you to use that as a, as a tool to reach people. Uh, go back and inform yourselves. Let it cause some... Uh, some in-depth study in your life that gets you back in, in reading and studying maybe in a new way. I'm really pumped, though, for this series right now that we're starting today. It's called Pivot, P-I-V-O-T. Some of you know Pivot from Friends, Right? So Ross is carrying a couch up step up the stairs and they get stuck on the corner, on the turn part of the stairwell and he just starts yelling, pivot, pivot. Here's what he's saying. You have, to, you have to shift, you have to turn, you have to move the couch so that it doesn't get stuck and lo and behold, they didn't pivot like they needed to and they got stuck in that stairwell. What I don't want us to happen, what I don't want to happen to us, I don't want us to get stuck at certain levels of our lives because we have not pivoted. I want us to know that, that I, want to, I want to really dive into this series and, and we're going to go deep. And here's why, because I believe that there are ways that we can thrive when things change around us. We can thrive, not survive. Man, forget surviving. We are not here as ambassadors of Christ to survive this world. We are here to thrive and make a difference. And I think one of the greatest things that we can do to thrive in uncertain situations or thrive when things change suddenly is we have to learn how to pivot. Now, I've been spending a a lot of time recently studying the Apostle Paul. I've been studying the New Testament works, I've been studying his life, his biography, how he was raised, how he lived his life, the conversion experience that took place on the road to Damascus, what happened after that as he planted churches and developed leaders and and watched people give their lives to Christ. Like I've really been into the Apostle Paul and there's something that interests me about Paul and it's that Paul learned how to pivot, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. We're going to talk about things that we have to pivot in our lives if we're going to thrive when everything else changes around us. But I want you to hear me today, I don't want you stuck at the same level that you came into COVID 19. I don't want our church, Radiate Church, to be at the same level we were at whenever we had to stop meeting to begin with. I want us to rise. I want us to go to new levels and to new elevations and to new places with God. Why? Because I believe everything in the kingdom is determined in levels, we, we go to a level, so it's almost like we climb to a new level spiritually, and then we plateau out, and many of us stay at the level that we've climbed to and never move forward, and we wonder why we're stuck on that place, and most of the times it's because we haven't pivoted. Here's what a pivot means. A pivot means we change direction. We turn. We face another way. We do something different in the moment. Think basketball. When you're basketball, you're playing basketball, you know the Michael Jordan uh, biography and, 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 and video series is out right now on ESPN and in basketball there's something called a pivot foot. And the pivot foot is you keep that you can keep that foot planted on the ground and hold the ball in your hand. And you can move as long as that pivot foot stays planted. So you can twist from here, you can twist from there, you can do whatever you need to do as long as that pivot foot stays where it's at. Here's the truth. Here's what it does. It allows us to move based on what's coming at us. So if if a defender's coming at me here and I keep my pivot foot, I can turn like this to shield from what's coming. Many of us never pivot, and so we never rise. And what I want to do in this series is I want us to learn how to pivot, what to pivot, and how we can thrive. Because I'm telling you something. I'm telling you, I believe with everything inside of me, when this whole thing's over, when we're on the other side of it, when we're back at work, when we're back in restaurants, when we're back in church, when we're doing these things, when life gets back to somewhat normal, I'm telling you, we have the opportunity to come out of this thing better than we ever went in. It's just depressing dependent on your willingness, our willingness to pivot. I know as a church, as Radiate Church, I told you just a minute ago, we want to be better, higher, greater than we were when we left. So as a staff and as leaders, we've been meeting behind the scenes to figure out what do we need to pivot on in order to get better at. Sometimes it's it's programs, events, and ministry. Sometimes it's things within me I've got to pivot on so I can be the better leader for you or whatever leader is saying that. So I want us to talk about pivot, but for us to start this pivot series, I want to tell you a quick story about olives. I know, I know you're like, what does that have to do with pivoting? Just follow me today, right? So I've had the distinct opportunity and privilege to where some people have sown into my life personally and paid my way to go to Israel twice. I, I, I got an all-expense paid trips to Israel because people looked at me and they said, we believe in what you're doing, we believe in who you are, and because of that, we want to pay for you to go and have your lives cha- life changed and, and, and walk the steps of Jesus. So me and my wife went one time. I went with my father-in-law one time. It was an amazing time, right? One of the things that I'll never forget is every time that I go to Israel, I go to something called the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, if you remember, if you know the Bible, you know the Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus went to pray and he prayed so hard that he sweated drops of blood that Jesus prayed there and Jesus was arrested there. And so I'm in the Garden of Gethsemane and it's a somber, it's a humbling place, but the Garden of Gethsemane is, is full of olive trees. Well, I learned something really interesting about an olive tree and an olive when I was there. Many of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about olives because you think about what's on your salads and you think about the oil you cook with, right? Well, let me tell you what happens to an olive. An olive, when they want that olive oil, they take the pit out of the olive. So they pit it. They take the olive pit. And they said back in the biblical times, what they do with that pit is they put it in something called the olive press. Press, Gethsemane means the place of the olive press, the place of the olive press. So they take the pit of the olive, they put it on this stone called the olive press, and they'd roll this really heavy wheel across it, and they would press. As hard as they could, they'd press the olive. And what would happen, in the pit of the olive, there would be oil that would come out of that olive pit. So they'd harvest the oil, they'd press that pit, they'd get that oil, and then they would take the tray where all that oil was, and they'd take the pits and they'd put them on another olive press. And they'd use a new, clean tray, and they'd roll that heavy stone across it again. So it went through a second pressing. And they'd get what, what oil was left in it for that press. They'd get that out of there and they'd harvest the oil. They'd get the oil out of it. They'd, they'd pick up all the pits. They'd pick up the oil. and They'd put it back on another olive press. And guess what they did again? They'd roll that heavy stone wheel across those pits. Why? Because they were getting every bit of oil out of the pit. And the pit, they believe, in, 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 in those days, they rolled and they, they, they uh, pressed the olive pit three separate times because they realized that was what it took to get all the oil out. Hear me. Pivoting is leaning in to the pressing. I want to tell you about Paul for a second. Paul was a man that pivoted. The Apostle Paul was a hero in the faith. He was a general to pastors. He was a developer of leaders. He changed so many lives because of the relationship he had with God and the revelation of of Jesus in his life. He changed lives. And here's what he did. Paul learned to pivot. Paul learned to pivot. Think about it, right? Paul goes... He's planting churches. They look at him and go, no, 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 no. You can't go to those places anymore. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to arrest you and throw you in prison. And I'm going to hurt you. Paul goes, okay, I'm going to pivot. I can't go see them, but I can write them letters. Then they say, you can't go preach the gospel anymore. I'm going to shackle you to this wall. And Paul goes, okay, I'm going to pivot. I can't preach the gospel, but I can worship the gospel. And so he begins worshiping in the jail cell while he's shackled to the prison. Paul and Silas together, you know the story. The earthquake comes, the, the jail's open, people are freed, and the jailer accepts Jesus right there through the prayer and the example of Paul. He pivoted. Man, shoot, Paul at one point was arrested by 200 Roman soldiers in the middle of the night to be taken to Caesarea out of nowhere, and here's what Paul says, that's fine, I'll pivot. I'll still make a difference in the in the jail that I'm in. I'll still make a difference in the province that I go to. I'll still use this. And Paul makes this statement. This is my wording, but Paul makes this statement in his letters. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I suffer for the glory of God. Follow me. Here's the thing. He pivoted. And here's the main thing that Paul pivoted to. And this is week number one. If we're going to learn to pivot, we have to pivot from victim to victor. We have to learn to pivot from victim to victor. Now, it doesn't matter how life changes in our lives. Sometimes it's for the good. Sometimes it's for the bad. But if we're not careful, we'll create this mentality in our lives, and in our minds. And and, and I've talked about this a lot because it's so life-changing. But we'll have this mentality that we're the victim. Here's the thing about a victim mentality. Victims have things happen to them. But catch this. When I pivot from victim to victor, I thought as a victim things happened to me. But now as a victor... I realized that things happen for me. Did you grab that? Things aren't happening to me anymore. Things are happening for me. That is the mentality that Paul grasped as he had a relationship and an encounter with God. God the Father, he realized something. I'm not a victim in this thing. They can arrest me. They can shackle me. They can hurt me. They can talk about me. They can go down with my reputation. But the truth of the matter is my mind is as clear as it's ever been. Romans chapter 12. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 12? Be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind or your mind being made new. In other words, think differently and your whole life changes. Our lives follow our thoughts. So if I'm constantly going, this is happening to me. Coronavirus happened to me. All this stuff happened to me. No, 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 no. Hear me today. I know it's hard to grasp, but I need you to know victors think like this. This is happening for me. I don't know what the outcome is yet. I don't know what the oil is yet. I don't know what the blessing is yet. I don't know what the production is yet, but I'm being pressed. And that's okay because I'm a victor through Christ. And when I'm a victor through Christ, the pressing always produces something. This is happening for me. I know it hurts. I know it's confusing. I know it's frustrating. I know it's difficult, but it's not happening to you. Turn to somebody in your room right now and tell them, this ain't happening to me. It's happening for me. Come on, let's engage in this thing. Tell somebody else across the room. Text them. And it, this is what you do. Pick up your phone real quick. Pull up your friend's number in your text message and just text them this. This is happening for you. This is happening for me. We are victors and not victims. Come on. It'll change somebody's life. We've got to learn to shift and pivot from victim to what? To victor. Because this is happening for me, let let me let me let me explain it like this. I love. Here's one reason I love the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul was one of the most passionate, zealous, driven individuals in the Bible. That dude wouldn't be stopped for anything. Here's what he did. When everything changed suddenly, guess what happened to Paul? He kept pushing forward. He didn't stop. He didn't slow down. He pivoted. If the enemy can get us to slow down, he's already starting to win the battle. Here's the thing. Why did I tell you about the olive? Because you can't get better without a battle. You can't get better, I can't get better without a battle. I get the option though to get bitter or better, but there's going to be a battle. And the truth is is you're going to be pressed. I'm going to be pressed. Here's why. I'm going to be pressed because there's something in me that needs to come out of me. And it can't come out of me until I've been pressed. Until something is pushing on me to get what's in me out of me. I heard somebody tell me at the beginning of this thing. A pastor friend, a leader, friend of mine. We were on a call. We were talking about this. And here's what he said to me. He said, Brandon. Actually, we were on a call with a bunch of pastors. He said, pastors. He said this. He said, what's in you comes out of you in a squeeze. Squeeze lemon, what comes out? Lemon juice. Why? Because that's what's in it. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But I want you to hear me today. You can't have the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the power, the purpose of God in you and never expect for it to be pressed out of you. I can't despise the pressing so much that I missed the lesson. I can't despise the pressing so much I miss the blessing. You know what I'm saying? Victims think that things happen to us. Victors know that things happen for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing this statement, and he it's this theological debate that continues to happen, and he starts talking about how there's a thorn in his flesh. Now, the thorn is never described we never actually know or defined we never actually know what the thorn is it doesn't really matter what the thorn is here's what we know it was something or someone that bothered him all the time it was something he struggled with something that was always there something that was always frustrating him irritating him and it says he says this statement in second corinthians chapter 12 he says that he prayed 3 times for the lord to take the thorn from his flesh and then he says, the Lord spoke to him and said this, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And then Paul resounds this response. Happily, I will rejoice in my weakness. In fact, he, he, he has a transition word. Therefore, in other words, because of that, I will happily rejoice in my weakness because in my weakness, he is made strong. <laughs> Hear me. I know you feel weak. Good. I know you feel confused. Good. I know you feel pressed. Good. Why? Because in our weakness, he is made strong. When we feel weak, that means he's rising up. When we feel depressed, uh, uh, oppressed on every side, that means he's coming up through the middle. I'm just here to tell you today, Paul said, I will pivot. I've got a thorn in my flesh that is driving me nuts. i got to homeschool my kids. I've lost my job. I got this. I got that. Paul said, I got a thorn in my flesh, but I will happily rejoice in In my weakness, because it means that he is being made strong. He pivoted from I have a thorn, woe is me, this is too hard, I've got this and I've got that too. I will rejoice because this is happening for me, not to me. I hope you're grabbing this today. I know the pressing is difficult, but I want to give you something else that Paul realized. First of all, he realized that a victim has the mentality that things happen to them, not for them. But get this, you may be pre- pressed, but you will not be crushed. Victor, Victors never lose. You may be pressed, but you will not be crushed. See, I, I left out a detail in the pressing of the, of the olive pit that I really want to tell you about because it's really important. The pressing of the olive pit takes place three times. But while they're pressing the olive pit, they're very careful. It's said that in those days they were very careful about something. They were very careful that they didn't crush the olive pit. Because if they crushed the olive pit, the oil that came out of it was now bitter. And so it would ruin the oil. Isn't it amazing that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul makes this declaration about people that are take their refuge in God. He says this. He says, "We can we may be pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. See, Paul, I don't think those words are used lightly. I don't think those words are used by coincidence. I think Paul is saying, I may be pressed for what's in me to come out, but I will not be crushed because, gather this, in Isaiah chapter 53, there is this statement that is made. He was crushed for our iniquities. I'm a victor, Because Jesus took the bitterness of the crushing so I could just be pressed. He wants to get out of me what's in me. He wants the Spirit of God out of me. He wants the purpose out of me. He wants the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit out of me. And so there will be a pressing that gets it out of me. And it may be difficult, but if I'll pivot and understand, I can be pressed as long as I'm in Him, but I cannot be crushed because He, Jesus, was crushed for my iniquities, for my shortcomings for my sinful nature, for my pain, and for my life. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to jump up and down right now. Because I'm okay with oppressing. Now hear me, if there's something in your life that is crushing you, I want to challenge you with this. If there's something in your life that is crushing you, maybe it's not covered by Christ. Maybe we haven't given it to him. Maybe we're not placing in His hands. Maybe we're not taking refuge in the shadow of His wings. Maybe we're not walking with Christ in that area, and so it's crushing us. As long as we're in Christ, He was crushed for our iniquities, Isaiah 53 says. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, I am pressed but not crushed. Why? Because He was crushed for me. But I can be pressed. You can be pressed. In fact, I'll say it like this. We will be pressed pressed but let's embrace it and then it says this pressed but not crushed persecuted not abandoned persecuted not abandoned it's interesting to me that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 the very man that just wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we can be pressed but not crushed persecuted not abandoned Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul also writes this statement, that God will not give you a temptation more than you can bear. And then he follows it with this. (laughs) I love it. He follows it with this. And there will always be a way out through God. Wow. I can be persecuted. I can be tempted. I can be uh, frustrated. I can be pressed. But I will not be Abandoned. He will always be with me. There will always be a way out. He always sees me through. Why? Why? Because he loves us. The first thing we have to do in this pivot thing, if we're gonna, <coughs> excuse me, if we're gonna thrive when things change suddenly, we have to shift. We have to pivot from victim to victor. And we're going to talk about that throughout the series. But here's one thing that we can do. We have to learn to change our language. Some of us are victims of things in our lives that we're not actually being attacked by. We've just spoken into existence. What if the level of anxiety that you're experiencing is because you keep saying that you're experiencing it? Now, I'm not saying anxiety is not real. I know people that need it, that have it, that need medication for it, and need help for it. And for those people, I say, go get the help you need. But what if I'm speaking some things? What if the loneliness I feel I'm speaking into existence? What if the chaos I feel is coming from me and nothing else? I need to be pressed in those areas so that God can come out in those areas. I may be pressed, remember, but I cannot be crushed as long as my life... Is hidden in the arms of Christ. I can't be crushed. It will not happen. Why? Because He's already been crushed for me, for my iniquities, for my shortcomings. for the things that I speak over myself that aren't real, for the decisions that I make that are not good, for the, 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 the sinful nature that I have. He's been crushed for that because he took the bitterness of the crushing so that I could take the blessing of the pressing. Man, I just want you to hear me today. If you're sitting out there and you're watching this, I wanna give you some courage today. I wanna give you some hope today. I want you to know that the pressing may come, but embrace the pressing because don't spend so much time praying that the thorn leaves you that you miss the lesson on the other side. What if Paul had ignored what God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul? He would have missed the fact that God is the only thing that he needs to lean on. God is the only one that he builds a foundation on. God is the one that gets him through no matter what. He may have missed the, the lesson in the middle of the pressing. Don't 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 miss that. I'm telling you today, you may be pressed. Praise God. I hope you are. I hope you are as pressed as I am. Because on the other side of the pressing, there's a blessing that only God can give. And I'm telling you, the oil will flow. We're going to come out of this thing better. We're going to reach Kershaw County better than we ever have before. You're going to pastor your family better than you ever have before. Your marriage will come up out of the ashes. Your kids will serve God with a passion like never before. You'll be a leader that you've always prayed that you would be. Your co-workers will come to Jesus. That family member you've been praying for will come to church. The reality is the oil comes after the blessing. I can be pressed, but not crushed. Persecuted, but I'll never be abandoned. Struck down, but I'll never be destroyed because my hope is not in this world. My hope is in Jesus Christ. We gotta learn. Come on, look at somebody in your house today and just yell pivot, just yell pivot. Pivot, come on, pivot, pivot. Look at your kids and say, you need to pivot. Praise God, you need to pivot. Tell your spouse, you need to pivot. Let's pivot. And then if they're not watching this with you, make them go back and watch it. Pivot. I'm telling you, if we'll learn this series, in this series, if we'll learn how to pivot some things in our lives, everything, everything's gonna shift. Everything's gonna change. But here's the thing, hear me. A pivot is nobody's choice but yours. My pivot in my life ain't your your decision. It's not your choice. It's not your opportunity. It's mine. What am I going to do? I can talk about I want to get better. I want to be better. I want to do this. I want to do that all day long. Potential is useless until it's realized. I have to take some action, and I have to put action towards the potential to see something take place. Let's pivot, man. Let's take this opportunity. Let's stop throwing pity parties. Let's stop being victims and understand this can be happening for me, not to me. I'm going to learn something from this thing. I'm going to pivot. I ain't a victim. I'm a victor through Jesus Christ. I'm not living from victory, uh, for victory. I'm living from victory. So I want to I I pray with you at the end of this thing right now, as I do every single week. I just want to ask somebody out there today that would say, you know what? I just need to take a new step with Jesus. I need to give Him my life. That's the pivot I need to do, first of all, is I need to give Him my life. I need to be forgiven. I need to give Him everything I've got. I need to surrender and submit and live for Him. That's what I need to do in my life, and that's the first step. I want to tell you this. Listen, we've got people praying this prayer every week, but some of them aren't c- clicking that link. If you pray that prayer today, I want you to click the link after we say amen, and I want you to go and let me know that you're taking that step. Because I'm not asking you to walk this thing out alone. I'm asking you to walk this thing out with a group of people that love you and care for you. I want to take the step with you. Click the link. Give us some information. We got, we got resources for you. We're going to have somebody talk to you, answer any questions you have, whatever it takes. We'll be on the phone an hour if we have to, whatever it takes. Because we want to do this with you. Maybe, you're giving your life to Je- Maybe you gave your life to Jesus, you've walked away, and now you're saying, my pivot is to come back. We're going to pray that prayer you click the link. You let us know that too. So if you're ready to surrender and submit your life to a God that loves you so much that he took the bitterness of the crushing so that we could be pressed and every good thing inside of us could come out, I just want you to pray that right now. God loves you. God honors you. He wants your life. He wants your heart. And we're going to pray a prayer right now and submit our lives to him. Come on, let's just pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for those that are praying this prayer today. I thank you for the people sitting in their living room that have a challenge in their heart. They felt a knock in their spirit to where they're saying, this is me. I've got to give my life to God. I've got to surrender my life to Jesus. God I just pray that as they begin to with their mouth declare that they are forgiven they are asking for forgiveness God I pray that right now forgiveness enters their room. That who they were, who they are and who they ever will be has now been surrendered to you and is at the foot of the cross. We pray salvation into their life, forgiveness into their life. Salvation is not perfection salvation is a journey of a relationship with you and that's what we're going after. God, I thank you for the people that have asked for forgiveness right where they're at and they're entering into a new relationship with you in the family of God. Hey, there's some people sitting out there today that have prayed that prayer. They just gave their lives to Jesus. Can we let out a shout and a clap all over Radiate Church digital experience in your living room? Let your neighbors know. Come on, somebody. Woo! Yeah, baby! Yeah! Welcome to the family of God. We are pumped for you. Now I want you to do this. Go click that link that's in the chat. Let us know who you are. Let us give you some information. We're here for you. We want to love you. Now, if you're out there and you're experiencing some pressing, I got a smile on my face because I'm excited for what's coming. I'm excited for what's on the way for you, for me, for radiate, for this world, for this nation, for the kingdom of God. I just want to pray that God would take our mind. And make it new or renew it again so that we can be transformed by those thoughts that we are not victims, we are victors. If that's you today, would you just like stand up off your couch and off your recliner? Just stand up where you are, just like... Bow your chest out right where you're at, like you're some kind of victor and warrior, and can't nothing take you down. We're gonna pray this thing with authority today. Come on, church. Lord, we give you everything we have, and we stand to our feet in symbolic representation to say that we are not victims. We are victors, and we will take ground for the kingdom of God. And today, we declare that we uh, want you to renew or make new our minds again, so we can be shifted and sifted. We can be transformed and changed. God, I want us to walk out of here understanding that things aren't happening to me, they're happening for me, through you with your anointing. God that 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 we can't lose as long as we walk with you. God that we may be pressed, but we will not be crushed. We may be persecuted, but we'll never be abandoned. We may be struck down, but we will never ever be destroyed. And we will walk this journey pivoting when we need to to level up with you and make a difference in this world to go change the world, take our next steps and do what we've got to do to change the world for Jesus Christ. We love you in your name. Amen. Radiate, this is a defining series for your life. This is a shifting moment for your life. If we'll live this out, everything from this point forward changes. I love you guys. Take your next steps. Join the Zoom call for Face to Face. Take some next steps with us. Now, let's go change the world, baby. Woo!